Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and today I had the opportunity to talk to Levi Powell. Levi is a fourth-year dental student at the University of Southern California, and he currently lives in Los Angeles, California. Leon shared a lot of amazing insights, and he talked a lot about staying on track, staying driven to completing your dreams and goals, shared some great tips and advice for current and future dental students, talked about his extracurriculars and the importance of volunteering, and so much more. Tune into this episode to get all of his amazing insights and advice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and today we are here with Levi. So welcome, Levi. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, To begin, uh, we usually just ask if you get to know you kind of questions. Uh, So let's start with where are you currently located? So currently I am in Southern California in Los Angeles. Okay, it's nice and sunny there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where were you born and raised? Born and raised in San Francisco, California. So I just came down the came down the five from Northern California to Southern California for school. Perfect. Uh, what so what school are you at then? Currently, I'm at the University of Southern California. So I'm a fourth year dental student at USC. It's what we call out here, um, and I also went to undergrad uh, at USC. So I I did my four years of undergrad, did my bachelor's at USC and graduated with my degree in dental hygiene in 2015. Uh, And then I came back to school and I'm in dental school now, um, starting in 2017 until 2021 next year in May. And so that's at the same campus? Correct, yeah, exact same program, exact same school, all that stuff. Oh, that's perfect. Is it kind of like a thing where you could just transition into it or was it like a separate thing you had to go through and apply to? Yeah, so they have that option. Um, it's 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 called a pathway program, um, okay. where you can do like a dental hygiene degree, and then uh, two year two years of dental hygiene degree, which are the last two years of your undergrad. So first two years of undergrad are um, like didactic courses where you're just taking prerequisites, and then you transition into the dental school during your junior year of undergrad. You spend your junior and senior year, as well as a summer in between, uh, where you're seeing patients clinically, and you're you know you're working on site with, with, with patients. Um, and then you would start the four years of dental school right after that. I didn't do the pathway program. I chose to split up the time in between. Um, I really wanted to get some clinical experience and work, you know, in the field and, and work in private practice and kind of get some more hands-on experience before I started dental school. Um, so I didn't do the pathway program, but that is an option or, or was an option for, for students previously. They don't have it anymore, unfortunately. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense to me because I mean, if you if you're in more of a hands-on position, you really that's when you can really scope out whether you whether or not you're really want to really, be there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's the same with like I think a lot of the healthcare fields are like that too. Like I've talked to nursing students who always say the same thing. Like, yeah, it really you don't really understand what you're getting into until you actually just get in there and get that hands-on experience. So that's probably yeah, a better way to do it. 100%. I, I still remember the, like literally the very first time, it sounds weird, but I, I had gloves on, obviously. I remember the very first time I put my hands in someone's mouth and I was like, like it was, very, it was a strange experience. I remember exactly where I was at. I remember my classmate, who it was. I remember what chair I was in, what people were wearing. I remember it. it's like so vivid to me. 
Uh, but now it's second nature, obviously. I mean, I've seen thousands of patients and it's, I look at people's teeth all the time. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that would, pro- that would be, I've never thought about that before. That would probably be really weird. Strange. Like, I'm just going to put my hands in your mouth now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird. Um, so what made you choose a career in dentistry? Was that something you always wanted to do? So I originally um, didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was growing up. My dad's a fireman. My mom works in accounting. Um, so my whole life, I thought I was going to be a fireman, honestly, just like my dad. I really looked up to my dad. I still do to this point. Um, but what really sparked my interest in dentistry was when I was in seventh grade, uh, I met my orthodontist. Uh, my orthodontist name is Dr. Griggs up in, uh, in Northern California. Um, he is incredible, like really an amazing guy, super charismatic. His practice was very successful. A lot of my family and friends went there. Uh, People from my high school went there. It was just kind of like a place that was very inviting. And so I just kind of had an affinity towards that environment in general. And then also he is my family's first black doctor. So I am half black, half Filipino. My dad's full black, my mom's Filipino. Um, And having someone in that position who kind of looked like me and resembled me, Um, I didn't really understand it at the time, you know, what that impact was going to be for me for years to come, honestly. Um, But really seeing him thrive and seeing him have such a successful practice, everyone, you know, loved him. He was like, again, super charismatic. It was, I looked forward to going to see him. Um, That's what kind of sparked my initial interest in dentistry. Um, And then I always liked my teeth. I know it sounds very vain, but not not in like a vanity way. Like I just wanted to keep them clean all the time. Like I didn't want to disappoint my dentist or my orthodontist. So I would like brush for 30 seconds in each quadrant and like move like count. I was I was crazy um so that was all kind of like premature like that was like the younger yeah. Levi thinking about dentistry right so that's like seventh mm-hmm. seventh grade eighth grade kind of high school um like okay this this might be a thing you know and then once I finally understood what dentistry actually entails in terms of undergraduate then graduate school to get a doctorate and then potentially specializing I was like, wow, like this is not me. Like I, I, I was very put off by it. I was very intimidated by it. Um, for me growing up, you know, like I said, my, my, my family comes from like a working class family. For me growing up, everyone who was going to be doctors were, you know, the sons and daughters of doctors or all the kids who are rich, honestly. Like that's just what I, yeah. that's really what I thought and what I believed. Um, but again, seeing Dr. Griggs and the way that he moved and the way that he impacted me opened my mind up to, to actually believing that it's possible. And I, and I really haven't looked back ever since. That is so powerful too, because yeah, like especially in the medical field, there's not a whole lot of representation because it tends to be a lot of generational, like this, like people who come from families of doctors and it's always, that representation is so important. So that is definitely a powerful thing. Thank you. That being said, and after you learned like all the work that has to go into it and, um, even going from the undergrad part to actual like dentistry school. Yeah. Um, what kind of did you learn in that process? Like, is there anything that you learned that you could use as to give to it as advice to anyone else who might be considering that career path? 100%. Um, and I, and I think you've, you've been doing this, it seems like for a little while, cause it's a very, very important question. Um, yeah. that time from, undergrad or even like high school for some students some demographics but that time in between like graduating from one program or school or degree and then embarking on another one is a very 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 pivotal time it's probably the the time that i learned the most about myself 
um, in terms of what drives me, in terms of what my motivation is, in terms of what my resolve looks like, all those things. Because for me, when I graduated from undergrad, it wasn't a sure shot that I was going to become a doctor. Like it wasn't a sure shot that I was just going to go on to dental school. It, it wasn't sure for me. If anything, like there were some questions about like, like, is this really for you from like faculty, from like some classmates, you know, things you, you hear here and there, right. That you yeah. kind of latch onto a, a comment passing by, right. That you'll latch onto forever of someone doubting you or someone so you don't study enough or a faculty saying, you know, don't worry about graduate school, worry about passing my class. Like these are things that actually happened to me. And so to answer the original question, that time from when I first graduated undergrad to going into applying back to dental school was very, very trying. Um, the first year that I graduated, I did a lot of things that set me up. So the first year I graduated, I stayed in Los Angeles and I worked at a private dental office in Santa Monica and one in Studio City kind of all over. Um, and that was really good for my experience. I also worked uh, as an adjunct faculty at USC. So I graduated in May and then I started teaching literally the, a month later in June. So that was very, very instrumental in terms of just me being surrounded by, you know, academia and staying in kind of that environment. Um, but when it really got serious was after a year of doing that, I was like, okay, now I have to like get my application stuff together. I have to take the DAT, which is just like the MCAT, the entrance exam for dental school. Okay. And I couldn't do those things while working. Right. So okay. I, I took it upon myself to take a break from work here in Southern California. And I moved back home, uh, up to the Bay area. And mind you, this is the first time that I've been back home in about five years. And right. I was already a successful dental hygienist. I made a, a really good salary coming out. Um, I was able to afford my own apartment, got a brand new car, all these things. But I sacrificed all of that for this like kind of pipe dream is what it seemed like, mm -hmm. you know, to move back home yeah. and take this exam and study. And so literally when I moved back home, I'd saved up enough money to not have to work right away just so I can allow myself to study for the exam. And I took three months uh, studying for the exam. I treated it like it was my job. I would show up to Starbucks at eight, eight in the morning uh, and sit there until 4.30. <laughs> Seriously, I, the same one every single day. All like the old grandmas, yeah. they, they would come in and say hi to me and say, <laughs> how's studying going? And wish me like it was, it was so cool. You were like, like a regular. <laughs> I was 100% a regular. Um, and it was really cool. But along that journey, those three months was probably the most trying time because I, here I am giving up my life in Los Angeles, giving up this, like, I made it, you know, I graduated from USC. I, I have a full-time working job. Like I'm able to support myself and travel and do all these things. But I gave all of that up to maybe not even take this exam and pass to not even potentially get accepted. But I learned about myself during that time that when all the self-doubt comes in, it's, it's just everything else trying to weigh me down. It's just all these external things, like the, the statistics, and then all that stuff is trying to weigh me down. And if this is something that I really want to do, I would just show up every single day, whether it was a good day or a bad day studying, and just sit in that chair for six, seven, eight hours, whatever I had the, you know, the, the, the stamina yeah. for that day. I ended up taking my exam in San Francisco, and I passed. Uh, it was weird, because it was, a, it was like, I took it in San Francisco and I had this moment, like this like euphoric moment, like walking out of the exam and just like, I cried to myself, I <laughs> called my younger brother. Um, but it, it was like the culmination of all of those feelings of like doubting myself, but then saying, hey, listen, man, like, that's not it. Like, let's just focus, like, let's focus because this is this is what, what it's about now. And so from the moment that I moved back to uh, San Francisco, it was about nine months. I took the study for the DAT, I applied, got a couple more like uh, a couple more prerequisite classes that I needed for dental school and I got accepted within nine months of, of um, you know coming back to dental school. That's amazing. That's really a very powerful 
quality to have is to keep yourself so driven and so motivated on that final goal because a lot of people would have just been in that position where they're the dental hygienist they're like you know what I've got I've got my salary I'm good I don't need anything else but it really takes a lot to be able to actually push yourself further and say no I'm going one step further I'm taking it you know to that next level and really really staying on that goal what do you think kind of like kept you going? Like, was it just kind of keeping your eyes on that final prize? Cause you knew that that's what you wanted. I don't, and I don't, I, I really don't mean this in like a cocky way at all. I really don't, but I just don't really make plan B's. I don't right. like, I don't, I don't allow myself to think in that capacity because I, I get pretty fixated on things. And, and once I, I set my mind to something, I don't really allow myself to at least not give it a fair shot. Right. Um, and so I, I think a lot of my application process was kind of defying the odds. I had, uh, you know, lower than average GPA score coming out of undergrad um, in terms of accepted GPAs for dental school. Uh, my DAT score was pretty strong, again, because I put a lot of that time in and dedicated a lot of that time. Um, but it was an uphill battle. You know, it really was. And, 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 and I think for me, one of the things another one of the things I learned during this process is not to rely on the statistics. If you look at a, at, a, at a graduate program or an undergraduate program or a job or whatever, and it says 13% acceptance rate, 15% acceptance rate, or this amount of people fail. Like, if you look at that, a sane person wouldn't get on an airplane if it had a 13% chance of landing. Like, yeah. you just wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. why Like, why would you put yourself through that? But for me, like, I, 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 I'm choosing to not look at those numbers and just say, hey, listen, if this is what you want to do, then find out every single reason why they can say no and turn it and turn that around. Like if it means your mm-hmm. personal statement, if it means talking about some bad grades that you had, if it means like, you know, defying your GPA a little bit by having a better entrance exam or uh, standardized test exam score, like all these things that I can control, I'm very fixated on kind of cracking that code, you know, yeah. and, and, and to, to keep my, myself moving and keep myself motivated, I never really had a plan B and told myself like, just give it a fair shot, give it a fair shot, try your best. And if you don't, we'll, we'll figure it out after that. Like, that's really what it comes down to. And it's been working out ever since. Yeah. So it was more like a go big or go home kind of yeah. situation, right? <laughs> so, so much, so much so that I only applied to one school every time. Like I only applied Dang. to USC coming out of undergrad. I only applied to USC for dental hygiene school and I only applied to USC for, for dental school. I don't recommend it to any pre-dents that I talk to or any pre-health students that I talk to because it's just not smart, like odds wise, Right. but just, it just speaks to like how my mindset was. Like yeah. I, I knew if I didn't get accepted, I would apply again and I would figure it out at that point, but I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. And it really speaks to that staying motivated and staying on those goals because you obviously you knew exactly what you wanted. You knew what it took to get there and then you did it. And that is really, really hard for a lot of people to do. And it's really hard for a lot of students to stay in that zone because it's so easy to just get really frustrated or get sick of what you're doing and just stop. Yeah, I agree. And another thing too is what you mentioned like about the statistics and stuff, because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of students, whether they're applying to undergrad or they're applying to like a grad program a lot of students get really really caught up in those statistics and the numbers like oh like my gpa isn't high enough or you know only certain percentage of people get accepted so i'm not going to bother and i feel like that's you know something that sure it's it's a relevant statistic but it's not those aren't the only things that matter right 
100 percent. And also, it's like you you there there's so many other variables. And and again, I think this this speaks to just me being involved in it now, like me being involved with our admissions team and working on ways that we can increase like minority applicants and like retention and all that stuff. Like I'm involved in this space, and so I know a little bit about how they think. That it's not just numbers focused. It's not. They really want to know someone who can be successful in their program and then contribute afterwards. It's not just right. we want to get the smartest people, the people who are like have no person, you know, it's, it, it's dynamic. Yeah. It's not just a very rigid structure. Yeah. So what do you think the kind of things aside from, you know, the test scores and things like that, what do you think the um, some of the things that the schools are looking for? In their I, I think what, one of the biggest things is getting experience, getting mm -hmm. experience, because if you have experience, whether it be shadowing, whether it be like mission trips, whether it be volunteer opportunities that are out there. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that you can speak to in terms of like the closest connection you can have to whatever program you're applying to. Because once you have that, once you kind of walk that life a little bit, or if you're, you know, trying to be in the hospital, you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you show up for rounds and you show up for surgeries and all that stuff super early in the morning or like for me, like I traveled the world and I've done dentistry in seven different countries, six different countries now. And it's been such an amazing experience, but I can speak to all of that. I can oh. speak to how it felt to be in a different country and not be able to provide a dental service. I can only do a hygiene service for this patient. And because of that, I want to go back to dental school, learn these trades, and then go back to doing whatever I want to do in terms of service. Like when you can right. actually speak to why you want to do something and not just like, and I hate to use this generic phrase because maybe a lot of people do want to do this, but like, I just want to help people. And like, I just, you know, like it's like very, it's, it's, it, I think it means well, and I think it's great. But once you have that actual experience, you'll understand why you want to help people and the, yeah. and what you have to learn and how hard you have to work in school to get that level of, of, of competence to be able to serve in the way that you want to serve. You know, it's yeah. not a generic answer across the board. And so I think, when you can get that experience and you can speak to that, whether it be in an interview or in your personal statement or a letter of recommendation, I think that's what a school is going to latch onto a little bit harder than I got a 4.0 and I was in the library for four, four years straight and never stepped foot out, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's definitely something to speak to. And like everyone does say, I mean, yeah, a lot of people do just genuinely want to help people, but it, it, it says something so much different if you, say yeah I like helping people versus well this one time I had this experience and it really changed my outlook on things and that's when I decided I wanted to do that too or if you have like something you know that's just so personal like that that really yeah. shows that connection to that yeah 100%. it makes I feel like that makes a huge difference mm -hmm. whether it's you know in an interview or even in um like an admissions essay or anything like that I feel like yeah. that's I, that's not more important than your grades, but it's equally as important as all of those numbers and all of that stuff combined. And that's one of the biggest things I try to speak to anyone who's like pre-health, right? Because I think we have this fixation, um, not only in our culture right now to like be the best and like there's so much competition and like obviously with social media, there's like a bunch mm -hmm. of like, you know, like everyone's painting their greatest picture, you know, like no one's putting in their faults, right? And so yeah. like there's a lot of external pressure that causes internal pressure. And so if you feel like you don't, 
you know, you're not fulfilling whatever artificial standards are being set out there, then it's easy to implode. And uh, this conversation I have with a ton of like, especially like pre-dental students, like it's not just, just exactly what you just said, Leslie. It's not just about the numbers. It's not just about your scores. It's about who you are as a person mm-hmm. and how you can speak to the breadth of your application and your experience, not just one specific subset. Right. And especially when you're going into a field that people are relying on you for their well-being and their health and their like the physicality of their life is being put in your hands because even with with dentistry like that a lot of that is connected to like your heart health and your mental health and everything is so connected that you're basically Mm -hmm. trusting that person with people are trusting you with their life and you have to have that right attitude to to take care of them properly otherwise you're just there for the money, I guess, but which, really. which, which, which like, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, however way you want to look at it, some people do that, you know, yeah. some people do that and, and, and it is what it is. It's not, it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make or break the profession. It doesn't make or break the person, but I think it allows for opportunity to tell your unique story, right? It right. allows for yeah. opportunity to say like, this is why I want to do it. And this is what I've done as a pre-dent or as a, as a pre-health student, whatever the case may be. And this is why I want to do what I want to do more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you just mentioned that you did dentistry in seven different countries. How did yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of like a, a, a travel like mission trip nut. <laughs> it's crazy. Like dentists um, without borders. <laughs> exactly. It, that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, it, it's 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 like you you partner with an organization i've been a part of like three different ones um and you guys either like raise money or there's already funding or you have some type of infrastructure within the country you're seeking to serve um and you go with a team and it's a different team every single time sometimes the core is the same but like you know other members of the team might be switched around a little bit but um i've just i my first year as a hygienist i went on on a trip like this to guatemala my first one ever and literally changed my life. It, ch- it changed my life. It, it, it just like the gratitude that, that I, that I got from the patients and like, they would say things like through translation, like, you know, thank you for coming to my country and helping my people. Like God bless your soul. Like, like things like that. Like I remember those interactions with those patients and it wasn't elitist. It wasn't like, Oh, I, like this God complex. Like here I am an American <laughs> helping these people. Like, right. no, like it was like, I have the skills. That's just, that's just what I have. Like yeah. I am from somewhere across the world. And I learned these skills and you can benefit from them. So like, let's just make this happen. There's no uh, insurance. There's no egos. There's no faculty. There's no like nothing. It's just like person who has skills who can help someone and a person who needs the help. And that mix for me just like really, really works. And so it became infectious. I I went on my first one, 2016 uh, in Guatemala, 2017, I went to Panama, no, Nicaragua, Uh, 2018, I went to Panama. 2019, I went to India and then I went to the Philippines. And then 2020, literally, like during the week that COVID was announced, a <laughs> pandemic, I was in the Dominican Republic doing a mission. Yeah. You're probably I, freaking I, out. <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was going to get back in the country, to be completely honest. Yeah, because like, you could have got, gotten stuck there. 100%. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I think, like, that's a whole different topic, but like I think right, the sentiment yeah. around it, like during like March when it first hit was like, Oh, don't wear a mask, do wear a mask. Like it, it was yeah. like very loose, you know, and like people were overblowing it. And, and then I was like, no, this thing is actually real. So yeah. Um, yeah. Had I known had the severity of it, I definitely would not have gone, but um, luckily I was able to go meet some great people, work with some great people and I made it back safe. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's 
great that you made pack safe because I mean no you can't predict that too right because yeah. you you are just doing your thing and going and helping people yeah. um, but that's really incredible because that's a lot of countries in four years on yeah. top of taking yeah. your school and working yeah and doing all that so yeah. I mean that's a lot to pack in yeah, yeah. do you kind of do that like on breaks from school uh yeah the, you the the I'm with this one specific group where we go, it's with the school, it's completely ran by students. It's not okay. sanctioned by the school. They don't provide funding. We like fundraise and like reach out to companies, get donations. Like it's a really, really cool family that, I've, that we've kind of built here. Um, but with that group, we go every December. Literally we take finals okay. like in the middle of December. And then that Friday, everyone has finals in the morning and then we're on a plane taking a red eye to another country in December, like every year. And so it's amazing. It's like very exhilarating, like all that stuff. Yeah. But um, the other trips were just kind of sprinkled in. Like I, I literally went in November, like right before Thanksgiving. And then I was out again in December. Um, but those were two separate groups. Um, I do take, I, I, some, I, I've taken a couple of days off of school. Um, and I, I have a good relationship with my faculty. I just let right. them know, Hey, like a couple months in advance, like I'm going to spend some extra days in clinic and kind of get ahead. And then I'm going to be away for a little bit just cause like this type of work means so much to me. Right. It means so much to me. And, and I think it's absolutely important. It's necessary. Um, yeah. And I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of, you know, ridicule from faculty or students or whatever for the sake of it. I'm not an irresponsible student. I'm still maintaining my grades right. and, and all that stuff. But um, I, I, I make it a point to look at the calendar, carve out some time and see where I can get ahead or, you know, to make it make it work a little bit for my schedule. Yeah, that's really nice that they let you that they're willing to kind of like help you compensate that like so you can do your extra hours that week. So you're not behind. I yeah. think that's really like I'm sure there are some professors or people out there that might not be willing yeah. to accommodate that. For but sure. <laughs> and obviously your motion your motivation was really good for that. It's not like you were just like, hey, I'm going for spring break to, yeah. to Miami. Uh -oh. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, so, even though that would be fun. <laughs> I mean, it would be not right now, but yeah. it would be. <laughs> yeah. Very but, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. So it was all just, it's all student organizations that do that. And you guys just for, for the most fundraise? part. Yeah. 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 For the most part, the, I, I, it was six. I, I said seven earlier. Um, it was six trips out of the six. They're all basically student ran. Um, and then like some, like our doctor ran like smaller groups. Um, the last one, the one where I, when I went to India was with, um, a company, a medical apparel company that I work with called Biggs. Um, okay. they're amazing. They're, they're similar to Tom's shoes where every single time you buy a set, they donate a set. Okay. Um, so as part of our mission in that, in that other country in India, um, we went, went with a team of three doctors, two nurses, one PA and me, I was the only dentist or dental student. Um, and we brought like 600 sets of scrubs to like donate to their local um, nursing school that just opened up their team. So right. it's a part of like their culture to give back. And the cool thing about it is like their ambassadors are all healthcare workers. Like we're not like, <laughs> we're not, like, we're re like we're really healthcare workers. We're not yeah. just like paid to like be on camera to like pose as people, you know? So yeah. um, that was really cool. That is cool. What kind of got you interested in that? Was it just like someone kind of like you maybe like you saw something about it or? I, I saw their website and they have this thing called Threads for Threads and it's like 
buy threads and they give threads like that's like the the philanthropic side of their company um and so i I was literally just reading on their website and i saw that and i was like these guys are incredible and they look super comfortable and they are really comfortable um so i I reached out to them yeah i reached out to them and they they you know they kind of started since then and then i was like back in 2017 18 when i first started dental school and so i've been working with them pretty closely for the duration of dental school and it's been an amazing experience i've met a bunch of people yeah, that's, that's amazing. The reason I was asking that is like in case there are, you know, some students who are listening who are thinking like maybe that sounds really interesting and maybe they don't really know if their school has anything like that or where to find yeah. something like that. So yeah, yeah. Um, there might be, you know, questions about how, how could I do something like that? Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. that you can check with your school too and see if they have any 100%. connections. Hundred percent. I'd say most. I'd say most schools have, um, at, at least every school that I've encountered, whether it be like students or faculty at those schools, have a philanthropic side, like our philanthropic aim in terms of like healthcare programs, right? Um, even like my 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 younger brother's in law school at UCLA, and he has like a pro bono section of his program that he has to fulfill also. So it's like not even just health. Um, but every, every, yeah, every group has, from my experience has had some type of like give back type of work. Um, I I think it really, it really speaks to the culture of the program and the culture of the students and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely sure that all the programs, you can reach out to them and they give you more info. Yeah. Cause you definitely, you see those like organizations that aren't even one specific, uh, field or if it's like a habitat for humanity or something like that, where anybody can, if you want to volunteer, you can just volunteer. Would you say if someone's interested that they should definitely like, would you recommend doing it? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I think, I think, um, I, I don't want to butcher the quote, but it's somewhere along the lines of like losing yourself in the service of others. Um, I'll, I'll find the quote somewhere else and I don't know if you guys want to see it, but <laughs> I, I, I believe in that. Like, I really do believe in that. I think that, you know, you can learn so much about yourself by serving others all these mission trips Mm. like selfishly kind of like i think i get more out of it in terms of like learning about myself learning about the culture about the people than you know maybe the feelings that i might do or attractions i might do or whatever Um, i'm sure it's appreciated but you know you know what i'm trying to say yeah definitely yeah i mean i would i would say i i can't think of a reason why it wouldn't be fulfilling or rewarding or why anybody wouldn't want to get involved and maybe there is always that factor of if you're joining, you know, um, like a Habitat for Humanity mission that's going to another country and maybe you're like, yeah. oh, this is really scary. Yeah, Say, especially like now. Especially now. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, right that's, now. That's the tough part. But there's so many different ways to help. There really are so many different ways to help. Like for us in the groups that we that we're a part of, like there, there's a lot of like pre-screening that goes on. So like calling patients and translating or like getting bags together or like packing instruments, like all that stuff you can do domestically to help out whoever is going abroad or help out whoever is, you know, going to serve. So there's so many ways to get involved. Yeah, definitely. And it just comes down to that, you know, finding the right uh, organization to really do that with. And I'm sure there's tons at every school. Yeah. hundred percent. I was going, so, (laughs) um, do you have any other extracurriculars that you kind of do or is it, is that all you can really pack into that schedule? <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I do a lot of stuff in like organized dentistry, um, meaning like a lot of the schools come together, like all the West coast dental schools, we have different affiliations, like student, student dental networks that, you know, we have conferences and there's a bunch of like networking things that happen. So I'm involved in a little bit of that. Um, 
but for the most part for me it's 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 about like volunteering and being in school uh and i work as a as a dental hygienist also like mm -hmm. during some breaks that we have and on the weekends and things like that too so i keep myself very busy yeah so that was going to bring me to my next question is you're obviously very busy how do you manage all of those responsibilities yeah that's um <laughs> I think that's a work in progress. <laughs> I don't. I don't have an answer uh, for concretely how how I figured it out because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> um, but I, but I did have a couple of reality checks, and I'll be transparent. You know, again, okay. I, I don't think life should be all about um, glamorizing and, and all the great things, right? Because there was there was a moment in between my junior and senior, my second and third year of dental school, where um, I didn't do so well on like an exam. Um, and the reason behind it is because I was literally trying to cram all these things together and I was like taking the exam and then thinking about something else and trying to rush through the exam so I can make a conference call. It was just like, it was silly. Like, why did I plan it that way? You know, and I, and I, I did it. I did it because I think like sometimes when I'm doing all these things and moving at such a fast pace that I'm like kind of superhuman, honestly, like not like in real time, but like I'm packing so many things in my day mm -hmm. because I've been successful with it in the past. And let's add one more thing like what's that just an hour less of sleep and you know, that's that's my mindset right but when I didn't do well on this exam and it got back to my director and my director really had to sit me down and, and let me know that I let him down I kind of let the school down a little bit like I I you know I, I wasn't a good representation of what USC is all about um that hit home for me big right. time because um, it's not that I'm um, um, incompetent. It's not that I don't know the material or that I can't master the material because I obviously studied really hard, went back and got a 98 on the same exam. So it's not that I don't or can't figure it out, but it's just I wasn't prioritizing. And so that's a conversation that he and I had. So what I, what I did in that moment is I made a list of what my priorities are right now. And my priorities are reflective of what my goals are. So my goal one, number one right now is to get accepted into a residency program uh, for dentistry and I want to be a part of a dental anesthesiology program uh, for residency where I would work with like special needs patients, I work with needlephobic patients, pediatric patients and do their general anesthesia um, right. under you know supervision of Oh, you know how anesthesia works. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's what I'm applying to right now. And that's my number one goal. And so okay. based on that number one goal, and then my number two goal, my family being healthy, and then three, maybe like th those things, like yeah. that's how I prioritize how I'm allocating my time. And as right. a result of that, I said no to a lot more things than I would have ever said no to. And that's probably the biggest thing that I learned in my junior and senior year now of dental school is it's okay to say no to things. Like it really, really is. And if anything, it shows like a little bit more confidence and competence and self-awareness when you're able to say no to things because you're, you're allowing yourself to prioritize in the right way. Exactly. I think it's also better from a mental health standpoint too, to just, you know what, I need to say no. And like learning to recognize those signs in yourself when maybe you're starting to feel really overworked or maybe you're prioritizing going out with friends too much over studying and you need to, you know, learn to recognize that, learn your own personal signs so that you can yeah. take a step back and say, no, it will be really good for me to just say no. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that's something that a lot of students kind of struggle with, especially when you're coming into university in your first year and you're, you know, you're coming out of high school and the threshold is just so different. Like you are completely accountable for everything you do. No one's holding your hand anymore and you have to learn all that stuff on your own. And a lot of students really struggle with that. Yeah, I agree. And some students I feel like never figure it out. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But that's why it's really good to have, you know, things like this about people, you know, like me and yourself who, who've made these mistakes and can speak mm-hmm. to it, you know? And, and, and I think that's, that's why I'm so passionate about mentorship, um, especially for like within the minority community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a huge passion of mine because I, I just feel like I have walked this life and I'm actively living this life that is kind of like defying odds. And again, it's not from a like, look at me, I'm so glorious perspective, but just like it is possible. It's possible. It's possible to make mistakes early on. It's possible to make mistakes later on. But the important thing is that you recognize those mistakes and learn from them. And, and that's mm-hmm. my, my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, I think that's definitely, I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't matter what program you're studying. That's always, you know, it's okay to make those mistakes and making mistakes is how people learn and how you recognize, okay, this is how I'm not going to do that again because we've all done it. And yeah, it's super important to recognize that. Um, that was actually kind of brings me to my next question, which was going to be, how do you kind of manage stress? Like, what do you kind of do to keep yourself from that burnout? Um, that also I'm still working (laughs) on. Um, I, I, I think one of the, one of the biggest things is something as simple as like understanding how I work, understanding how I operate, understanding really what like brings me joy. So Mm -hmm. a couple of those things are one, number one, spending time with my family. So checking in with them, talking to my mom, talking to my brother, my sister, my dad, um, and just seeing how their like life is going, like just hearing about them and like understanding like what they're going through makes me realize like puts things in perspective. Like it's not just me going through this stressful time, but they're doing the same thing at work or at school or relationships, whatever the case may be. So that really helps. Um, that brings me a lot of joy. And then uh, eating clean, number one, and number two, working out. Like those, I think the, the combination of those two things, like it, it just like, it builds on me. Like it really, like it sets the tone. If I eat clean and then I work out in the morning, like the rest of my day, I feel like it's going to be amazing. So yeah. um, I know those things take a lot of work and a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hard part, but <laughs> I know I, I have those as like positive fuel that I can use to kind of turn my day around sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and those things too, like that, like, what you eat and getting physical exercise and stuff is also really important, not even just for the de-stressing part, which is obviously it's really good for, but also to like your overall performance in school and your studying and your ability to retain information and to focus. And like, there's so many benefits that come out of that. That's not even just getting fit or um, like staying, de-stressing yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really, really important. And I mean, it isn't easy. I recently had to do the same thing. I had to adjust my diet out, like back in February and it was this drastic thing. Like, okay, cut back on this, 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 and this, and this. And then I was like, uh, what am I going to eat? I'm eat? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fine now, but, yeah. and I feel better. Like I feel so yes. much better, but it took <clears throat> so long to get in like that habit of this tastes not as good as that pizza over there, but yeah. <laughs> I feel better when I eat it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And then, and then also you understand balance too, you know, yeah. it's like not all one way, but like if you're, you know, never exercising and you're always staying up late, watching TV or eating junk or whatever, or like a lot of negative self-talk, you know, that, that oh, just yeah. compiles on itself, you know? And so like having the balance of, I can still do all of those, you know, quote unquote, like negative things, I guess, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, but like, it's about balance, you know, having a majority healthy lifestyle and yeah. then being able to indulge a little bit sometimes. And now when I do eat pizza, it's like the, it tastes so much better now because yeah. I don't eat it very much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> it's like, you. ooh, I missed this, but not enough yeah. to eat it every day. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, so another thing um, that we kind of ask is what kind of life skills would you say you've learned from being in school so far? I mean, there's that's a lot a, of – good question possible life skills that you could learn like learning how to be an adult but is there anything in particular that you really feel like you've kind of that has kind of helped you yeah like be successful in school yeah Yeah. all that stuff yeah I I think one of the biggest things is communication uh like like very clear concise like transparent communication um and that and that's especially important I think um for me in, in my profession because with dentistry, a lot of it is patients not really understanding or knowing what's going on. I like to articulate it to being a car mechanic. You know, it's like you go to the car, car mechanic when you hear something squeaking or if something doesn't feel right, or, you know, maybe it used to do this, but doesn't do that anymore, but you don't know exactly how to change spark plugs or what the transmission fluid looks like, or how, you know, you don't know exactly what, but you know, it's a little bit off, right? Mm -hmm. Same exact thing in dentistry, you know? And so for me, I've really found a lot of success in, developing a language and developing like like a cadence in in, in how I talk and communicate with my patients where I know they understand. It's not just like me rushing from A to B because my faculty's down. Like I don't, the faculty can wait. I can wait. I'll go to school late. I'll come back the next day. If it means that I can take a 15 minutes, 15 extra minutes to make sure you understand. And I think people really, really, really appreciate that. Um, And that's not just like the patient student or patient doctor relationship, but also like between me and my classmates or me and my faculty, like that, that communication piece, when it's not lost in translation and everyone is on the same page, I I would say that I'm doing things less over and over and over again. And I'm just doing it right the first time. Right. And I think that especially with, with dentistry and (laughs) that communication is important because I mean, a lot of people, there's a stigma where a lot of people hate going to the dentist or they yeah. just don't, it's not, a, it's not like it's a fun, it's not like going yeah. to an amusement park. It's not yeah. a fun it's experience, right? And someone's, <laughs> especially if you have like cavities or something and someone's coming at your mouth with that big, huge needle or like those giant drilly things, communication I feel like is very important because yeah. at least you're like, okay, I know I'm coming at you with this huge needle but here's why, or they just kind of like, I'm, like I have a dental hot dentist who kind of does that where she kind of just like gently talks you through everything she's doing. Right. And right. it's super, super helpful because I hate yeah. needles. So then if yeah. I do have to get that needle, I'm like, yeah. but it really, really makes a big difference because you just yeah. you feel more comfortable and more relaxed. And it's just, it may, it does make such a huge difference. And one thing that I've learned by being in school and like the short career that I've had thus far is that 
exactly what you just said. It makes a world of a difference, but honestly, all it takes is us spending maybe one or two more minutes. Mm -hmm. Really? Like if you think about it, like it just takes us like slowing down for one second and just checking in, slowing down for one second and explaining this thing, slowing down for one second and asking one more question, question to make sure that we're a hundred percent on the same page, you know, and it makes a huge difference. So again, it's like, you can turn a four hour appointment into like a one and a half, two hour appointment if your communication is correct. Exactly. And it really comes back to that, you know, the people who genuinely want to be there because they want to, you know, they want to help actually help people. That's that sign that, okay, you know what? You are someone who wants to make a difference in this person's life. So now you've taken that extra one or two minutes and you really have made a difference in that person's life. Yeah. And and that just goes back to, that goes back to experience, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back to experience. It goes back to like a pre-dental student shadowing a doctor who's like that or going to another country and watching the translation between everyone and not just someone who doesn't speak their language and just shoving a needle in there. Like like that, yeah. the, the nuance of that conversation and, and that, that relationship, like it takes experience to understand that, wow, like that's how it's supposed to be done. Like, that's why this guy's successful. That's why this person is happy every time they go to work, as opposed to the person who's just showing up trying to pay their bills, you know? It's like, like, like anyone that can turn anyone off, you know? And Mm -hmm. and you can, you can really speak to that interaction that you as a volunteer or assistant have with that patient, you're part of that communication. And you can speak to how, like, that's why I want to do this specific thing. Cause I want to be that person for this person, not just. Mm I want to help the world be sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> exactly. And I think there are opportunities in every career to, to, to find, yeah. you know, feeling like that. And yeah. then, you know what? Some people are happy just getting up, going and collecting their paycheck and coming home. And, that's okay. and you know what? That's fine. But if you really find that, you know, that's that position that really makes you feel like, you know what? I'm being fulfilled. Like that's an amazing thing. 100%. Definitely. And that's um, like one, I don't want to belabor the point, but that's yeah. just, I think it's important. Like that's, I, I wrote about this recently, like on social media, actually, like that's one, one, like a new thing for me, like that mindset of like gratitude, honestly, like people ask me all the time, like how's school going? Like how's, you know, COVID going? Like, all, like, like, what do you guys like? And every single time I tell people, like, I'm very, very, very grateful like very grateful. I wake up every single morning. Like, of course I'm exhausted. Most of the time I stay up, you know, late studying and go to sleep or wake up early. Right. But like, I'm absolutely grateful and so excited to be able to every single day work towards a goal that I've been dreaming of, like fantasizing over for years, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's gratitude is definitely something that, that, um, I've been working on too. I was in October, I was in the hospital for about two weeks and it really made me and because a lot of my friends were constantly like shoot my two best friends every single day were texting me they came every other day and they were constantly Mm. coming there and like every just the amount of people who showed up all the time and were constantly checking in and constantly being there it really kind of changed my mindset a little bit to where you know what I have so much to be thankful for and so ever since then, it's been really like if someone texts me just asking me, how are you doing? I'm like, thank you for checking in on me because you just learn to appreciate it so much more. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. Um, my next question was going to be what, if you, uh, what struggles or challenges have you faced? But I feel like we already kind of talked about that. So yeah. I'm going to flip that and ask you, what is one of your favorite memories so far in school? Wow. Um, 
we all have a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, it's hard uh, to pick them. I know. I think the obvious ones are like traveling, you know, traveling and doing dentistry and like being with my classmates and all that stuff. But I would, I would also say, um, not like a concrete memory, but just like remembering how I thought when I first stepped onto campus at USC, when I first stepped onto campus in terms of hygiene school, like how I thought then in terms of like being so intimidated, so overwhelmed, so um, like deflated all the time. I was very like unsure, kind of like anxious a lot because of the enormity of it. Like you walk around and there's doctors everywhere. There's like degrees and everyone's so smart and has so much money, all this stuff, right? And so it's intimidating. Remembering how I thought then and knowing how I feel about myself now and right. knowing that I can speak to like all of my experiences I've had that have led me to have like this mindset that I have now. I think that's probably been the thing that is most rewarding about school and that, I, and that I'm appreciating school for the most is kind of like that transformative experience for me. Yeah, definitely. That makes total sense to me because I feel like yeah. I feel like that I kind of get like that too where I just kind of look back and I was like, this is how I felt like during this time and like, you know, how do I feel this good in my life now? And you kind of just remember what, what led you to, you know, those certain moments and those certain things. Yeah. yeah. I think that's valuable. Yeah. Um, another question that we ask everyone on our show is if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self, so like call, mm. or sorry, high school freshman, uh, what yeah. would you say or what would, what would, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, don't sell yourself short. Like, honestly, don't sell yourself short at all. Like, don't like, if you, if you think you want to be a doctor or you want to be an astronaut, you want to be a physicist, you want to be a painter, whatever, like don't sell yourself short and, and literally like use every single resource that's at your disposal because people do want to help people want to help. The reason why we're sitting here right now is because we want to help people, you know, right. like yeah. people really want to help, like seek that stuff out and don't be shy about seeking help from others, you know, like really establishing those connections that can get you from whatever you're dreaming to actually bringing that into reality. Like that's what I would, I would tell my younger self. Cause I really, I, again, I really did feel like I sold myself, sold, sold myself short a little bit, like in terms of my, my, my mentality, like I thought small back then. Because I, yeah. I, I just, my, my environment, my surroundings, like, this is just what people around me did. Like, I wasn't going to be a doctor because no one else in my family was a doctor. But, yeah. like, now I'm like, forget that. Like, no, like, you can <laughs> be the first doctor in your family. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, and, and people ask you if they want to be MDs, like, you can help them get to that route, too. Like, it really, it, it's, not, it's not as big as the world makes it seem. It's not as impossible and exclusive and elusive as the world makes it seem. Like, dream for it and just work your butt off to get to that point to, that where you want to be. Well, that's the thing is in high school, your world is so small when you're in high school. And it's really tough to get out of that, like, oh, this is, this is it, this is it. And it's hard to kind of picture anything beyond that. And it is also hard for people, whether you're in high school or if you're in university or whatever, wherever you are, it's so hard for people to just reach out and ask for that help. But if it you is. embrace that, it's actually stronger to acknowledge, to recognize that and to get that help and to take that step than it is just to sit there and be like, oh, well, I look dumb if I ask for help or whatever yes. you feel, right? Because that's what I was scared of. I was scared mm -hmm. of looking dumb. 
I was scared of, 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 I was scared of that. Like I was scared of looking dumb or looking like a nerd or like, look like, like, Oh, like just, just go with the flow. Like everyone else mm-hmm. is like relax and chill about it. Like, no, like I have questions about this and I want to solve right. these questions. Like, and I, and I want to like expand on what intrigues me. And, and now like as a more mature, not all the way mature, I guess, I don't know, like thinking <laughs> on adult, the way, right? like, <laughs> on the way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have the confidence to ask those questions and right. pause everyone in the room for a second, just so I understand respectfully, obviously, you know, yeah, of course. Um, but I wouldn't have had that. I, I did not have that confidence. Um, as a 15 year old playing varsity basketball, being very social, had a bunch of friends. Like I I did not have that confidence. I really didn't. And that's the thing is like you said before, there are so many people who want to help you. And there are so many people who can help and you just have to get over that hump of you're not, you're, you will, nobody's going to judge you. And even if, if someone judges you, for asking for help, they're not worth your time and effort anyway, because they're obviously not a supportive person. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's definitely helpful. Um, so I know that this year is very weird and confusing, and yeah. doesn't it's not a normal year. But so, what advice would you kind of give to a student who's maybe starting university or college this year and is kind of going what? Yeah, uh, I that that's tough. I look at our the dental students now, and they're starting. And the first like month of dental school was like probably the most fun I had in all of dental school. It's super social. We're always going out. Everyone's hanging out. Like we are all around the school. Everyone's asking for help, giving help. Like the upperclassmen helping the lowerclassmen. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, I, it really it really is tough. I, the, the best advice I can give is is just to be adaptable honestly mm-hmm. be adaptable and be and be willing to roll with the punches be willing to like you know change at, at whatever you know the school or program or infrastructure has set up for you um because that's the only way that we're all going to get through it like i don't even know if, if i'm going to graduate on time like i'm right. supposed to graduate in may of 2021 like seven months from now i'm supposed to be a doctor and i don't feel comfortable in that you know but i'm yeah. i'm okay with like putting in as much time as I need to between now and then to achieve this goal and hopefully get into residency and all those things. So Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember that everybody has to, has had to adapt and like people have had to postpone weddings and you know, these big, like my best friend had a baby in July and like no one could touch or see the baby. So like everyone's going through this. And I know that a lot of students in particular are struggling right now, but everyone just is doing what the, everyone's doing the best. The best we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so another thing we kind of always ask is if you have any favorite motivational quotes that you want to share. Ah, oh, man. Or just like words you live by. I, I, I have a ton and they're in my phone. I don't remember them. Um, I have, literally have a, a tab in my notes for quotes. Um, I think, I think the, the, what I try to live by is treating other people how you want to be treated. Like, I know it's very, it's like kind of borderline cliche, but like, if you really think about it, like if you really, really, really think about like how you want to be treated and how you treat other people, like it's easy. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, racist or like, I'm not going to be crazy to this person or, or treat them with disrespect just because I'm frustrated or flustered. Like, cause I wouldn't want to be treated like that. 
And also, like, I wouldn't want people to treat my mom and my sister like that. So why would I talk to a woman like that? You know, it's like that. I really, really do believe that if more people got out of themselves and treated other people how they wanted to be treated, I think we, we'd be a lot better off. I think this world would be a better place if everyone yeah. lived by that, especially yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, especially right now. There's, you know, so. there's a lot happening right now. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and yeah, you could, you know what, it, it may be something that people say all the time, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Obviously people yeah. say that for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. True. So I just have one more question and this is a fun question we like to end with. Yeah. And that is, what is your favorite social media platform and why? Ah, uh, it's a love hate. The only social media platform I use, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Twitter. Only one I use is Instagram. Um, part of it is like business. Like I, I have a couple of affiliations on there that, you know, companies that I work with and things like that. But, um, I do really believe in like the reach, you know, I, I believe in like posting positive content and having the ability to like reach so many people all at once. Um, and then also being uh, a mentor for, for people who otherwise don't have one. Like I, one of my, one of my goals of using my platform, um, is to really, really, really help people who feel like they don't have a mentor or don't have an example or don't have someone they can speak to about whatever it is under the sun, um, you know, whether it be their mental health or relationship problems or like specifically like medicine or questions about dentistry, things like that. Um, I can either connect you to someone that I know on my network or I can personally carve out the time to help you through that. Uh, I'm very intentional about that because I, I think that had I had someone like that a little bit earlier on, things would have been a little bit different, even though I was able to kind of navigate my way. Um, I just don't want people to go through the same things that I went through. I don't want people to have the same, you know, trials and tribulations that I had because it's not, it's not right. You know, just because someone who like maybe doesn't look like you occupies that space that you want to get to, but you're too shy to ask that person, I can be that for you for sure. And I can help you out. I can bridge that gap for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Instagram is a big thing that we use too, that we like share all our, you know, our content and stuff. And that's, that's where we get a lot of, you know, people message us asking us for advice and help with things. So yeah, it's definitely been, it's definitely a very effective platform for networking, just connecting with people in general. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's pretty much all the questions I have. Uh, but before we say goodbye, do you have any last final insights that you want to share? I know we already shared a lot, but no, I mean, yeah, like you said, we covered it all. Uh, I mean, awesome. the one thing I would say is if you can vote, go vote, go register, whatever side of the coin you're on, or if you're in between, like educate yourself, go out and vote, especially like millennials now, Gen Z, like our vote matters, our, our voice matters too. So I think it's absolutely, absolutely important. Yeah, Absolutely agree with you. So thank you so much for taking your time out of your day today to talk to me. You shared so much information and you're such a fascinating person. Um, So I really think that this is going to be super, super informative and motivational for our listeners. So thank you. We want to thank you you on behalf of our company for joining us today. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, the, the kind words, seriously. And thank you guys for taking the time to set this up. I think this is, you know, a platform that a lot of people can benefit from. And, you know, a lot of people who are in my shoes, like have very unique stories and, and impactful stories and, you know, anecdotes to be able to share. But sometimes we just don't have the platform or the means or the time or energy to kind of put this together. So right. I think it's an equal 
uh, thank you to you and your team for, for you know, being involved and in, in being dedicated to this kind of work because it helps so many people. People who listen passively or don't reach out or who won't even say, hey, I, I heard that and was motivated. Like those type of people are being impacted just as much as the person who, you know, posted in the New York Times. So thank you guys. So thank you for saying that. We really appreciate that. And it's always yeah. so good to hear, you know, yeah. from that side. So. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, we'll be in too. We'll keep in touch with you. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day. You as well. Take it easy. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and you can catch me again in future episodes of the Student Influencers Series as we talk to more inspiring students and hear their stories. Listen in to previous episodes, tips and advice on studying, writing, and learning English, and much more right here on the Homework Help Show podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Homework Help Global, on Twitter at Homework Help Inc., on Facebook at Homework Help Global, or on LinkedIn at Homework Help International.